Good afternoon, y'all. It's good to see y'all today. I'm going to stay right here at the podium because I want to use the text um, for this reading because it's some really cool stuff in this reading. Um, the first part you know, we see taking place is um, Jesus goes to Simon Peter's mother-in-law's house, which might be a bit of a surprise. So Simon Peter was married. Interesting, huh? We don't know what happened to his wife, though, because she's never spoken about. Um, we just know that he has a mother-in-law, and I guess you have to have you got to be married to have one of those. So, um, <laughs> so, so we don't know what happened to his mom. I mean, to his wife. But if you follow the logic, um, Simon Peter would have probably been in his mid twenties whenever he was following Jesus, because Jesus would have been the rabbi, so to speak, the higher, the older one, and you mentor younger men. So Jesus was thirty years old when he started his public ministry. So the apostles were probably in their twenties. So Simon Peter probably got married at a young age. He probably did not marry an older woman because that was not a very kosher thing to do in Jewish culture. So she was probably an early 20-year-old whenever they got married. But we never hear of her. We never see her. We don't know what happened to her. Some scholars say that she was there but just kind of like she kept silent on the side. Don't think that happened. Um, Because I think something would have been spoken of her here. Um, So anyway, the theory amongst biblical scholars, is that she died at a young age because he also has no children, right? So anyway, I think that's just kind of cool that Simon Peter had a mother-in-law and uh, and they actually cared about her. (laughs) She was was sick and so he brought Jesus to her, all right? And I, I love this part. It says, Jesus, he stood over her and rebuked the fever and it left her. And this must have been a cool image, like, G, like the woman is laying in bed sick with fever, and Jesus doesn't sit next to her. He stands over her in authority. He takes authority over her sickness, over the, the fever, um, and it leaves her. And I love this. It says, she got up immediately, and she waited on him. You see, this is the Marian dimension of the church. This is the heart of Our Lady. That the minute you encounter Jesus, you go and you serve people. That's the nature of an encounter with the living God. So whenever Our Lady encountered Jesus, the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. She conceived Jesus in her womb. What was the first thing she did? She left. She went to the hillside and served her cousin Elizabeth. She didn't even tell Joseph, her husband, that she was pregnant. She left. She started serving Here we see the same thing. This woman, the mother-in-law of St. Peter, encounters Jesus who takes authority over her sickness and heals her. The first thing she does is she starts to serve them. You see, that's what happens with you and I, right? Whenever we encounter the Lord, um, the first thing, the, the natural response is to go and serve people, to give of ourselves, Right, And we always, this is the nature of sin. Sin turns us in on ourselves. We think about me and my and my needs and my feelings, whereas faith exteriorizes everything. It makes me think of my neighbor and those who are in need and how can I help them, right? So our encounter with Jesus, this is what we do. Um, And then it says that at sunset, when all the people who had sick had been brought to him, um, like, so the sun is going down, and all these people are starting to show up. Like, Jesus had a long day, and now all of a sudden the sun's going down. He probably wants to just take a little, you know, a little cocktail and take a nap for the rest of the night, um, but he doesn't. It's the, it's the understanding here. It alludes to the fact that Jesus probably stayed up all night long praying over people, 
and healing them and casting out demons. That happened at sunset. And then it moves in and says, at daybreak, Jesus goes to a deserted place. So there's an illusion that Jesus prayed over people all night. And after that, he was like, whew, I'm tired. He wants to go off by himself. And he does. He goes off to a deserted place, but the people are flocking to him. And they follow him into this deserted place. And they begin saying, where are you going? We want you to come back. And he says to them, to other towns also, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, because this is the purpose that I have been sent. See, I love this about Christ. He doesn't care about popularity. Everybody wants him to stay. And he could have had a really big ministry and people would have flocked to him. He'd have had a parish that was exploding. But he's like, that's not why I came. I came to take the gospel to other people as well. So somewhat of the priestly life, right? We go into parishes and the parish begins to, to grow, but we begin to move. The priest, the bishop moves us. I'm not being moved, don't worry. Um, but he moves us because that's the nature of Christ. We, we try to be like Christ. And so he moves us and we take the gospel to other places as well. And so Jesus doesn't care about popular opinion. He loves them. He brought the kingdom to them. He brought the gospel to them. He healed them. He set them free. And he's got to keep going. And so it breaks their heart. They want to keep following him, and that's what they begin to do. And so people now at this point, at the beginning of Luke's gospel, start to follow Jesus um, because of the mighty deeds that they saw him do. And so I started thinking, like, you know what, isn't that us at times? Um, we get pulled in every direction. You do and I do. In all sorts of directions. People want you for all sorts of things, right? I think what's important is that we keep in mind what's our purpose, why, what's our main goal? What's the main thing that we have to do that God has asked us to do? Well, for you, for those of you who are married, um, or those of you who have a family, it's to tend to your family, to tend to your kids. That's the main thing. That's your purpose, is to sanctify your family. For me, it's two things. It's St. Thomas, and it's the vocations office. That's what's been given to me by the bishop. Right. So anything outside of those realms and outside of your realms as family is all lanyap. It's extra. It can be dropped off. If it's getting in the way of your purpose, then you can drop it off and feel sure that you're doing God's will. Right. I think that's what this is really kind of spoke to my heart this morning about was was just keeping in mind the purpose of what we're doing, what God has called us to, what He's called you to and me to, and stay faithful to that. Because that's where the fruit is going to be. That's where the sanctification is going to be. And that's where God's will is going to be found in our lives. And so if we stay faithful to that, then I think we indeed will see some great miracles uh, in our own lives. Amen?